Brazen Man Arena. What's up? When, what's not, up? What's up? What's the Trump news this Sarah, morning? Sarah, and before we start, I really need you to talk into the microphone. Talk into the mic. Last episode, I'm seeing a lot of this. Really? And you can really tell on this on the recording. Have we started? Not yet. Well, I mean, people can hear what we're saying, <coughs> but I would say we haven't started. Sarah's face, for those of you who are listening, is covered in chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a little child. I got a big wet donut. <laughs> Sorry, we're not talking into the mic. I got a big wet donut for breakfast it, with chocolate on it. That was like, you know, sometimes it's just like a little dry paste on top. It was like, this is frosting. Mm, it's like yeah. it was humid enough. It was humid enough. Yeah. That's good. I don't eat donuts often enough to know what you're talking about, but I can understand. I can imagine what you're saying. A Dunkin' Donuts, it's just a little dried something that was once wet is dry mm-hmm. on top of the donut well you know how they get it to the dunkin donuts no you know probably it's wet at some point in a factory and then they have a machine that spins it until it's just a powder <laughs> and then they transport it in a vial uh, and then they put they water in it to hydrate it, it and but it's not the same yeah i was just at a dunkin donuts this morning and the they keep the donuts right behind the cashier so you can see them yes and you want to buy them yes and it's each as each opposed to what other objects well, instead you can't of like see. hiding them you can't see like some of the other stuff they have in the menu you can't see the coffee although if they had a see-through coffee machine i would be w- my mouth would be watering yeah. yeah 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 you'd be you'd be on cloud nine mm-hmm. um and the, each eat they have like seven or eight times of donuts maybe more like maybe like 14 and each one is brimming full with donuts and i was like they can't go through that every day so some totally. of those have got to be like f- three or four weeks old. Totally. No, I think the same. I think the same. Anyways, I bet if you, I bet if you got a mind. baker that's making the yeah yeah, and I was today. I was getting my coffee this morning, and this guy tapped me on the shoulder, who was like also ordering. He was in after me in line. He was like, "Are they making something for you?" And I was like, "No, I haven't ordered yet." And he was like, "Because that woman didn't put on new gloves." She took something out of the oven. She didn't put on new gloves. Ooh. And I was like, I do not give a shit about no. this in my head. So it's I, not like they <laughs> put the yeah. gloves in the mouth of the person yeah. that was ordering. You know what you should have said to that man? You should be like, hey, man, make a scene. Make a scene for me. <laughs> yeah. Sir, please make a scene for me. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. be the change. That's funny. I, yeah, it was funny. It's funny when you, like, I wanted to show solidarity for this guy, but I was also like, I, I don't believe in the cause, so I was sure stuck, I want to show you solidarity stuck <laughs> between being polite and being like, yeah, yeah, totally crazy. And then being like, I don't care about this. She she could not be wearing gloves for a lot. All I know. And it would never have crossed. My you, mind. Just, you, you know, you're just like, you know, like, in fact, when I ordered my own donut, I said to her, make it well seasoned. Mm. I want it well seasoned. Whatever's on your hands. Yeah. I want it on the donut. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really bad at that stuff. I was carrying like a box of wine down the street the other day and um, a friendly man reached out to me like, I want one. And I didn't know what to do. As a joke, <laughs> yeah, though, yeah. he wasn't yeah. actually. He wasn't one. being for real. He was just joking. He just kind of swung his arm at the box. He's like, I want one. Um, and I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. just never know. It's tough. You have to be quick on your feet you in those kind quick. of situations. You gotta be fun. I had a tray of cupcakes once I was walking down the street. This woman goes. <laughs> she goes one of those for me yeah. and i was walking and i was like 
Ah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have enough time to yeah. come up with a funny thing ah, to say. Was were your was your interaction outside of Life World? Because mm-hmm. I've bought beer before and been have been walking back to Life World, and the the guys who hang outside of that um, auto shop, they're like, "Hey, can I have a beer?" Yeah, that must be their line. <laughs> that must, that must that be like a there. joke. A new do. joke. Yeah. <laughs> that must be that. Get a new joke. Well, it's Raisin Man arena and it's wednesday and it's june 29th and it's 2002 yep and it's 9 12 a.m eastern standard time the primary uh democratic primary races were last night in new york come town's over uh there's news about trump i looked it up because i was afraid it was that he's running for president again or something mm-hmm. but it's that the stuff about him throwing the plate what happened? That? My parents were really watching the... Ja- Every time they tell me they're watching the January 6th commission, I, <laughs> I just smile. <laughs> I smile and I go, that's great. That's um, great. Apparently, he really wanted... I didn't read all the details, but uh, the headline was that he did, He really wanted to join the protesters at the Capitol. Well, of course, you have FOMO. You want to be at the funnest party, funnest of thing that's happening. Absolutely. Totally. And they're there to see him, and they're answering his call. And he really wanted to go, and his staff said that he could not go. And he like took up the plate of food he was eating and threw it against the wall, and ketchup ran down the wall of the White House. Wow! And that's the image that they got. Yeah, I don't know whose testimony that was, but yes, I heard this thing about the ketchup, but I didn't know what it was connected. I heard to. he tried to choke his security detail. Well, I didn't hear that. I heard that a security one of his. I mean. It was a tweet, so maybe someone was joking, but <laughs> I think this is true. Security <laughs> hey. detail was like, security detail was like, you can't go, and then he went to choke the security wow. detail. Wow, Laura, <laughs> Laura says, yeah, see, 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 uh, confirming. Laura's confirming what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Right, Laura, he tried to attack a Secret Service agent. Can you imagine Trump going? squaring off against a Secret Service agent and and choking him Simple Town style? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like awesome. a Simple Town bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow that rocks that yeah. rocks so that's the big news small news felipe and sam aren't feeling well today no Mm-mm. we're sick they're Mm-mm. sick they didn't tell me because until i got here because um, we were afraid that you wouldn't want to come <laughs> you'll, yeah you'll take any chance you can get <laughs> not right. to come that's over right. here yeah <laughs> i did the thought well we did the stream last night why do we have to do it again i don't but it's not covid sam took a covid test i had covid a week ago and I think Will has the flu. So I think we got the flu or something. And he's in there? No, Will's gone. He's gone. He went to work because he's feeling better. Okay. Cool. But he's been had it for like a week. He's been had it. Um, I went to the Sammy Oliveris, uh state. He was running for state assembly for this Bushwick Ridgewood district. Um, his like election night results party. And, and are they going to be... Is that person who's going to have the jurisdiction over which raves get to carry alcohol? That's, that's going to be the person who decides what and raves how, go into Ridgewood. And how many and how f- big your platform black boots can be? That's right. And as more and more of our community migrates into Ridgewood, it becomes more and more important. Mm-hmm. You know, the legislation that's there and yeah. what coffee shops they let be put <laughs> there and all that kinds of stuff. What, what kind of Z coils you can be seen wearing <laughs> yeah. at the certain coffee shops. How, how much grime the DIY venues are allowed to have. Yeah, whether or not we're going to bring back indie sleaze. He's going to have a big vote <laughs> on that decision. So it Bro, definitely matters. So true. And I was at his party and... Uh, Something funny. I went because Leo has been canvassing for them, and I 
he had told me a couple days ago he'd been out canvassing and when you canvass you're supposed to ask the people at the door what political issues they're interested in so that they get to steer the conversation and you kind of just respond to like oh well sammy really cares about that too and here's how he cares mm-hmm. um and one of the people had said when he knocked on the door someone in their 20s um that the political issue they most cared about was not enough good restaurants uh, in New York, <laughs> <Damn. laughs> <laughs> which is cool. Honestly, that but, that's, but that's Leo's. Yeah. That's Leo's bread and butter. Yes, because Leo could be like, "Look, I'll give you a list of great restaurants." We're talking about if there's not enough good restaurants, you're not looking hard. You're enough. not looking hard enough. Yeah, exactly. So he told me this, and then um, last night I leave here. We t- we were Twitch streaming here, doing a scary car premiere. Huge, huge success. If you weren't in the chat, absolutely, yeah. We're gonna keep doing them. It was a huge success, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> then I I went. To the the election party and I was so hungry and I biked a 17 minute ride it took me 23 minutes so I'm a little slow um 23 minute bike ride to get over to the Ridgewood area and I really needed a sandwich and everything around the bar was closed and the bar didn't sell food <gasps> the bar didn't sell bro food. so th- so this guy was right so this guy if was you right. live in Ridgewood there's not this enough food right. there's not enough good restaurants especially not open at <laughs> night so I was like this really is it becomes political you know when it affects me and messes up my night do so. you think it's because it's more of a family neighborhood and so restaurants close at night because families go to sleep it could be it could be but i don't think that that's right whereas if you lived in williamsburg or uh the lower east side when the young people yeah there'd be restaurants open late yeah it's also funny i ended up getting a bodega sandwich which i enjoy doing i remember when i first moved to like a city like philadelphia and i learned that people got actual hot food from what to me looks like the mart from a gas station yeah. you know a bodega that i was like that will never could never be me <laughs> <laughs> too scary too weird the other um the other day me and sam were going to a party and sam said i want a slice of pizza so we dipped into what was the name of the, the crown fried Crown fried chicken. I guess, but that they have like a bunch of. Oh, they have everything there. Yeah. Well, no, no, but I was gonna say that they have a bunch of. Uh, there's like a bunch of them in the city, right? It's yeah, it's a chain. And they had every kind of food you could imagine. Like the menu, it, they had fried chicken, they had a pizza oven, they had salads, they had falafel wraps and other kinds of wraps. They had paninis, they had ice cream. At what? They place? had six tubs no. or eight tubs of ice cream. No. What else did they have? They had. I feel like they had like random uh, Middle Eastern stuff, like falafel. Yes, and I mentioned like, this. Yeah, uh, that's wow. about the extent of my knowledge. I, w- of these I couldn't Eastern believe. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, tahini, tabbouleh. Uh, I couldn't believe all the different stick. kinds of foods that they had. Wow, and this was a bodega. No, it was a crown fried. Oh, it was a crown fried. Oh, I've never been in one. They had every kind of food you Sarah, can imagine. Sarah, that feels to me like your this right up I your know. Alley. I know, but a lot of fried chicken has MSG on it, so I really don't eat fried chicken. For real? Yeah. But I didn't know they had all kinds of shit in there. They could have other kinds of stuff, Eight too. Eight gallons of ice cream? Yeah, it was That's like... cool. Well, because I thought, there's so much hot food around here. How do they keep the ice cream <laughs> cold when there's hot pizza oven just there. and then i thought the the back didn't look that deep i was like where are they where getting all, all the from? ingredients for these different oh, it really meals blows my mind i feel the same thing just about omelets? an ordinary bodega they had omelets they had like eight different kinds of omelets that's crazy it's yeah. crazy to maintain all that fresh food unbelievable but those I mean, I, it's backbone of the city i don't think it's fresh <laughs> <laughs> not food ain't fresh <laughs> They're dehydrating that one in the factory too, and bringing it as a powder. Dehydrating that. Oh, that is yeah. a powder that they pour water on. So, I got the sandwich. Oh, I, sorry, we. I did go back to the Sammy Oliveras party. It's packed. Everybody's wearing bright yellow Sammy shirts. Um, and you know, I'm a Fairweather fan. I was there for the big win. I wanted to be there. I wasn't helpful during the campaign. Um, I stood by. 
And but I was ready to celebrate the big win. You just watched the finals. That's right. I just yeah. watched the finals. I come out when the game really matters. And um it was funny. I expected there to be like a huge board with the results coming in and like CNN style reporting yeah. and like announcements being made like every five minutes. Like there's 10 more votes in. Yeah, um, like staffers yeah. like coming in, like quants people coming in and announcing numbers <laughs> totally, and data. Totally. I thought I was going to be in the socialist war room and I was so psyched for the red wave coming in. Um, and it wasn't like that. There was uh, one open laptop in the middle of the bar in a way that if it was just a normal time, you'd be like, that makes me nervous. That someone's going to pour beer on it. Be out. Yeah, someone's yeah. going to pour beer on it. Um, and it had just like an extremely basic, very unofficial looking like uh, web interface chart that just had the three names of the people running and then like the percentages of the votes that were counted and then how many for, for each person. Um, and five people would just be sort of standing around it, looking at it, refreshing it. Um, then walking You had away. to refresh it. It wasn't even auto-refresh. <laughs> it would auto-refresh a little bit, but they would refresh. It would auto-refresh sure. only a little bit. You know, bit. you wouldn't be sure. You'd be like, well, I mean, maybe they were just being nervous that it was like, well, let's refresh. Maybe, maybe we'll see if there's something to yeah. refresh. And then, and then 12 14-inch thick wires connecting it to a back room where an IBM made <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But then I was told that the real war room was actually like a couple of blocks away. That the people who were like really at the epicenter of the data were would not be at the party. Was Sammy there? But Sammy was there, and at Julia the Salazar was there. Was ah! there. Yeah, she's a celebrity. Um, and some other people they named to thank, because, but I don't, I don't know all the DSA brass. and um, I don't know what you guys think about the DSA. I have no beef with Wait, it. but did he cool. win? Oh, um, he, they didn't concede at the end, but it seemed like he was going to lose by oh, like bro. 150 votes. So like a really small number. So unbelievable. That yeah. sucks. It sucks. So he it was such win. a bummer. It, he didn't win. I haven't seen any updates this morning. I mean, maybe if I search his If you're in line, name. stay in line. Yeah. But it was like a big bummer because they had had a huge ground game and they had been in the lead uh, throughout the season based on like the own, their data that they had collected, which is usually pretty accurate. But then on the last day, apparently, the opponent, whose name is... Lord Voldemort, Eric. for all I care. <laughs> yeah. Um, had apparently gotten a bunch of... Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I'm not speaking on behalf of the campaign. I'm speaking on behalf of things I heard people saying around me last <laughs> night. <laughs> That's good. Um, that, that, that frees you all liability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard that it, it seems like he had sort of paid, uh, yeah, Eric Delon. Leo, stop me if I'm not allowed to be talking about the stuff that I heard last night. Um, it seemed like he had paid, what do you call it, like political ops who were like at all of the polling places being really aggressive Bro. and like yelling at all of the Sammy people and like you, they were circulating. They had at the very last minute circulated like thousands of mailers that like made Sammy look like a criminal. Like it was really like dirty politics at the very last minute. And these people who were just like driving around um, saying he was a socialist, which is, you know, he's part of the DSA, but like really... Uh, stressing people out and like we're bad vibes and this had been a sad last oh, day damn. thing um and it was really made me sad because sammy got up everyone was giving these speeches and it was so clear that people were so emotionally invested in this campaign and that it meant so much to them it was like a housing uh tenants rights focused campaign uh which is such an important issue and sammy gave a really inspiring speech and i was like damn i should have been out here on the ground like i shouldn't have just showed it up made you want to go back in seconds so, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of sad. What was he running for? Um, state Assembly. State Assembly. Yeah. But it was the first time that he had run. So, sometimes these people run you know, more than once and then they get it. But, yeah, this it's Eric true. DeLon guy doesn't seem like he really has the 
like a group of real people behind him. He's well, just kind of an establishment Democrat. Well, those guys have the uh, develop developers behind yes, them. People exactly. want to build exactly, but not a grassroots real movement. real and estate this was a people. Grassroots. Yeah, yeah, and people were crying, and that made me sad. I was like, well, no. Yeah, that's why it's stressful for me. It's like it's the idea of being in politics or even just like participating in a campaign because you get really sad when you it doesn't work out. Yes. Yes. And then it made me think, oh, this is why a lot of people in politics treat it like a game or it's good for people who are just like really into politics. Right. Because if you're really invested in human issues, it's so painful. It's too depressing. You're going to yes. cry. Yeah. It honestly felt like this was the point I wanted to make and then I lost it. I was like, wow, the, like the forces of evil won this election. Like these people are on the side of housing justice and their opponents are on the side of corporate development. It's just very clear cut to me. And then they won because they had more money. And it's like, wait, but how could that's not supposed to be? Yeah. All these people really cared. Yeah. And they're from the community. Yeah. So it's sad. Yeah. And confusing. Well. Because everyone knows we've all been um, indoctrinated with like children's movies and stories about how. The underdog wins. The underdog wins. Justice prevails. Justice yes. prevails. They should have. Sammy should have been a magical pig or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Something that was a clearer <laughs> allegory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That people could understand. Or movies should be more realistic. Movies for kids. Movies for kids should, should be, be more, more realistic. realistic. Yes. And show us. Yeah. Well, that's why we are in the entertainment business, which is never filled with disappointment. It's filled with stories. And where people always so say true. yes to you, mm -hmm. and where the good guys always win. Yes. Yeah. The stakes are certainly lower. It's yes. true. But I really do. I was saying this yesterday, I think, that I do feel like with climate change, the abortion ruling, uh, the EPA ruling that's about to happen, everything that's happening, that we're in the Lord of the Rings. Um, and Sauron you know, is winning. And Sauron is winning. But yeah. I don't see where where's the fellowship. And we are the orcs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're the nasty Where's orcs. the fellowship? I'm the Ent. Yeah. <laughs> the Ent is just doing his own thing. Mm. I'm one of the elves that went early to the, the next realm. So I didn't even see. I wish. Yeah, yeah. we we are. Where do they? Where are they do. going? Where are they going? If you know in the chat, say where do they go? Where they're the going to go? Berlin and like <laughs> clubbing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I was just thinking about like, imagine if during when Obama won, someone would tell you like, hey, look, this guy Obama, he's not he's not going to do a ton, and not only that, but after him, it's going to be the biggest conservative ascendance of all time and yeah. then even after bernie like during bernie you're like oh shit did he really about to do it and it's yeah. like not only is he not gonna win but you're gonna get fucked tenfold afterwards totally yeah totally. could not unbelievable you wouldn't believe it at that point yeah yeah this is an embarrassing thought that i've had recently but i've re recently been thinking i don't want to live in america anymore I also had that thought, and which I like, didn't used to think. I, yeah, that's a thing I didn't used to think. And when people would express it, I would I thought it was cringy. I thought it was cringy, and I was kind of like, no, it's also just even your responsibility as a, an individual totally. to just stay here and like. Be totally, I don't feel this way. What? But all your friends are here, Sam. <laughs> I, I just don't want to. Yeah, fuck my. Friends. It feels so hopeless, <laughs> and yes. like there's nothing that you can do, and what's happening is so evil and dark that it's like. I just, how can I be here, like, and have this be a part of my life, it, like... Yeah, yeah, it feels so hostile mm -hmm. to live here. Yeah. And I have it really good. Yes, totally. <laughs> I've honestly recently started to think this thing of, like, I don't even know what I'm referencing when I say this, but there's this idea that I, you, 
there is in America that America is built on evil because of slavery and the genocide of indigenous people. And so then everything that comes from America is evil. Um, and it's an evil place and it will never undo that evil. Um, I don't know who said this. <laughs> like there's like a DNA, like yeah, a DNA. There's of like evil. an evil DNA um, in the United States. And I think I've had the thought before of like, yeah, there's definitely like horror, horrific evil things that have not even begun to be um, birthed, spawned. No, like uh, unearthed. Nothing. It's not even been fully acknowledged, you know, by uh, the U.S. government that all of, of these evil things have happened. So, like, yeah. we haven't even begun. But it's possible, you know, to heal the nation because it exists, and all these people are here, and yeah, yeah. a lot of people have good intentions and uh, want to do this work. And then now, recently, I've started to think, no, I guess it, it yeah, it's still spawning evil, new evils, yes. new evil, and we're not well, even. We haven't even acknowledged we, the old evils. We haven't even done the old evils. So yeah, now, now we, have we the got new, new evils. evils to deal with. That's yeah. how I feel about. No, go ahead. Or uh, I'm. I was gonna. Or, sorry. I'll just say it, but it's a slightly different point, or it's maybe yeah, like yeah. a counter to what you're saying. Is it was like, yes, I think the U.S. is evil, and also I was recently listening to, The Daily, and they did this episode ah. about. <laughs> yeah, shows wow. you where my allegiances yeah. are. Sam um, is responding to this by leaning into liberalism. As uh, a yeah. <laughs> no, the New York Times National recently group. did this episode about Haiti and this thing called the double debt, which is where, like, after Haiti got the Haitian Revolution uh, and Haiti got its independence, they basically had to, they were saddled by France with, like, a massive amount of debt that it took them, like, 150 years to pay back. And they recently calculated how much money it was and what Haiti would be like if all that money had stayed in Haiti and oh, been no. invested. No, in they shouldn't even have. I don't even want to think about that. In the country of Haiti. Just and what that money ended up being, where that money went to in France. Uh-huh. And uh. it made me think, oh, you know, it's nice to that European countries are so fucking nice or whatever and they have got nice streets and nice pretty buildings and it would be easy to do that if all your colonies were in other parts of the world totally. and you didn't have to deal with all the totally. like problems of colonialism right in your in your own front door but because of the way America was created like it's both a colony and also like a state that ended up with, you know, like, European settlers. Yeah. Um, we have for, have dealt with for much longer the country, our country, the problem of how do you ha- run a government that has multi, a multi-ethnic democracy <coughs> ostensibly. Yeah, totally. That has, like, all these different demographic groups in it, s- that has, like, the people you've subjugated in slavery, like, also within the boundaries of your own country. And that that is, like, a something that European countries have, like, never had to deal with until very recently. Right. And that it would be most, so much, like, the fact that everything's so nice over there, like, all, all comes from colonial appropriation and wealth that was generated in other countries. And that, yeah, so they, they have yet, a lot of those countries have yet to answer for those yeah, things. Yeah, of course. It's oh. funny. It does seem like places like the UK did a bunch of evil stuff early on, then kind of retired, and now they just live on their little island. And, uh, and they're like, I don't know her. I don't know her. Yeah, uh, <laughs> is it colonialism? I don't yeah. know her. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're saying, Sam, that you want to move to France. 
<laughs> where they got all Haiti's money. So they're like, they're, it's like they don't have all the problems of being a colony. Yeah. No, now, I, yeah. I feel that way. I I think when I was a kid, um, I really felt like, oh, but that's what makes America so special in the world, you know. And this is part of the national, the brand. Um, and I think you still feel it when you go to. Uh, like certain neighborhoods in Queens where it's truly multicultural and it's like a working class community and like there's all different kinds of food and stores and people like living alongside each other. And you're like, this is so amazing and cool. And I think that I was told that that's what America was like when I was a kid also because everything's about this immigrant's dream and anybody can come here and have equal opportunities, you know. So when you get that energy, you're like, oh, I see the vision. But that's not really. It's an evangelical Christian nation. Um where other people are trying to live and it's mostly, yeah, fucked up place. Totally, yeah. totally. And a lot of the like social welfare states that were built in Europe were built in times when they had like very homogenous working classes. Mm. Uh, and the problem with the U.S. And, and the problem of like organizing the working class in the U.S. is that it has always been like a multiracial, multicultural working class. And that is like makes it difficult to organize and to build like a social welfare state yeah um what i was gonna say before was that it, this all makes me think of i got a an email recently that this place called the center at park west west park center at west park um was being threatened with having their uh what's it called, like historical landmark status taken away. It's like an old church that's used as a theater that is a historical landmark, so it can't be developed. And um, they're being threatened with that status being taken away. And I got this email, and I was just so pissed off because, like, that is such an innocuous issue. It's like a liberal, neoliberal, centrist issue, really, like historical buildings being protected. And the idea that, like, this space was, like, under threat from its status being taken away, which is, like, what's the point of there even being landmark status if it can just be taken away by corporate developers who want to buy the land and turn it into a condo? Like, isn't that the whole point of why it would be protected? But then, on top of that, that it, that's not even a radical issue. And that's not even the undoing of all of the kind of corporate gentrification that's been done everywhere. They're still doing it. It's still like going on and on and on. So not only are we not redressing any of the evil, we haven't even stopped evil things from happening. So it really does feel uh, hopeless. And I got an Instagram ad a couple of days ago, right at the perfect moment, that was like, Irish American? Do you have an Irish grandparent? Or You're going to do birthright? <laughs> Irish yeah. birthright? I looked at it. And you need to have a, an, a great-grandparent or grandparent who came over from Ireland. And I don't. My dad does, though. So I thought, if I can get my dad to become a dual Irish-American citizen, then he can pass the citizenship on to me. Um, but I don't know if I can do that. He should. I mean, that. honestly, should, right? it would be a good thing to do in general. Because, it, yeah. It's good to have two. And so you're going to go to Ireland. Where are you going to go, Sam? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Well, Lanier is a French name. So? And so maybe maybe I'll 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 go to France and it will feel like a birthright for me. I'll walk I'll walk out of the doors of Charles de Gaulle Airport <laughs> and I'll be welcomed by a a gang of French Huguenots. Yeah. <laughs> of Protestant French people who will welcome me back into the fold. Those white working class French guys with the head shaved and uh track suits. Yes. Yes. Um okay. And I, you know, I have Italian citizenship, so we could really, yeah, because in uh, to have Italian citizenship, you need straight male descendants, I think, and my you have to be straight, you have to be straight, and you have to be male. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and my dad's grandfather was Italian, so my whole family has Italian citizenship. So let's just meet. No fucking way. So, uh, but that's so. Sick. But we also agreed that Europe is bad. Yes. So and why don't you go to Argentina? I guess I could go to Argentina, but that that country's also getting fucked. Yeah. You know, it's like, th- th- you know, they're they're more like you know on the sort of Haiti to Europe uh, spectrum. They're more on the Haiti one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think the problem with Europe also too crowded. Better to be in the United States. There's a lot of a lot of room here. You, if you go to Europe, nowhere to run. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I you're guess crunched. you're right. You're really crunched on there. Unless you're in one of those like little alpine, you know, yeah, resort. A little, a little cave. A little <laughs> cave <laughs> with old resort. drawings. Yeah. Like the <laughs> caves in the, you know, the French caves. Yeah. I, I was talking to Gabby and she has um, Spanish citizenship and she was saying like all those countries like you know, like the pigs, uh, like the pigs. S- yeah. Like Spain, Portugal, Ireland, Greece. What are do, pigs? Do you remember this term? This, this was a term that like arose in like 2011, 2012. They're like the like satellite the, the EU nations. Debt. Yeah. Like the debt crisis in Europe. Um, and they, they were, the pigs? there are these country called the pigs and it's an acronym for Portugal, Ireland, Greece, Spain. Um, no, what Italy. Maybe Italy is, is the I. But anyways, it was countries where that are poor, basically. Um, and where there's a lot of the debt, EU debt comes from. And there's, she was saying how it's just really easy to get citizenship in these countries. So maybe that's what I'll do. I'll marry my girlfriend. Hmm. And they'll give and me they Spanish. Moldova. Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Moldova is not a poor one, though, right? Isn't Moldova one of these tax havens? I think so. I don't know. You should move to Monaco, Sam. There's zero percent unemployment in Monaco. And be a guy with like a a Rolex. Mm-hmm. Be a guy with a Rolex and a slingshot. And like an, uh, and he's in like a Hugo Boss ad. Yeah. <laughs> you gamble every day <laughs> and you drive your slingshot around the streets of Monaco. <laughs> Ain't no problems there. Ain't no problems there. I think. Uh, yeah, you know. I mean, on one hand. What about Canada? Canada I think cool Canada to move to? is very hard to get citizenship. Is that true? Is that true? We have someone in the chat. My cousin's trying to get citizenship there in Montreal. Man, Alex Laird and Sarah Hennessy would be like, you guys got to be kidding me. You're I know they're working their asses off to get the citizenship here. Yeah. I know. So I would have to say sorry to them. But because Canada has, I think, a low population and a tremendous amount of natural resources and a very low unemployment rate, I think it's very hard to get citizenship there. Mm. They're trying to protect... Because they, they don't want you getting their minerals. Yeah. Yeah. Their minerals and their Vespine gas, right, well, Sam? Gabby's in the chat. Gabby says, yeah, it's hard to get Canadian citizenship. Gabby, welcome to the chat. Welcome, first-time chatter. Um, I got talking to the microphone. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Speaking of Canada, Nick, N- Nick, Nick Nemiroff. Nemiroff is Canadian and he passed away this yeah. week, which is really sad. It is sad. Rest in peace. We didn't. I yeah. didn't know him personally, but I know a lot of people who did. He seemed like a really wonderful guy. Yeah. If you don't know him and you're listening, yeah, he was a comedian who was around for like the last 10 years, I feel like. And it seemed like he was kind of a big person that everybody knows who was on TV and yeah, came from Canada and everyone just says that he was a lovely person. I don't think I ever met him, um, but definitely knew him and his comedy and it was great. And 
it's pretty unbelievable. I yeah, it would, one of those things people always say this about. I think comedians dying of like I thought it was a joke when I saw it, it tweeted that he had died, and I did think that it was just like that's too, I don't know, senseless. So yeah, sad. Yeah. Condolences to those who knew him. Yeah, and to his family. Yeah, sh- bad shit is happening, but there's there is a silver lining. Scary cars coming out today. Two simple town shows this week, <laughs> and uh, you know <laughs> they, they decided to do two simple town shows this week <laughs> because they said the people are having a really hard time. We have to do something. I we know. We have to do something. I know. And I woke up today feeling sick, and I thought, with uh, no, I thought you guys were looking at the chat. Woke up today feeling sick, and I thought I have to soldier on, no matter how sick I feel tomorrow. I'm going to have to take the stim pack from StarCraft. If you ever played StarCraft, I'm going to have to take the stim pack that Marines get so that I can work through my sickness so that we can do these shows because they need to happen. Yeah. Every every, every met fl- metaphor in Felipe's <laughs> life is related back to a video game he's played. Yep. Um, yeah, StarCraft's on my mind today for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking today where, like, I was like, damn, I have all these ske- these new sketches that I have to rewrite for the Simple Town show. Because we're all, like, every time we do a show, people are like, we got to do new sketches. All new sketches. Why are you airing out the laundry like you're unhappy about that, Sam? <laughs> are you unhappy about I have a couple classic sketches I think that it's if you just kept doing yeah. them for the next 15 I know, years. Bro, I know. You, you, What's wrong? You telling me we don't do that. We do the same sketches constantly. If you come to a Simple Town show, you've seen us kiss. You've seen us yeah. drink Coca-Cola. You know, it's like it's about time we get some new sketches. Quiet boyfriends. Quiet boyfriends. And that's a new one, too. And that's a new one I've seen it twice. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's it's okay to see shit again and I I would maybe maybe the problem is we need new audience and not new sketches or well one has to change. You either need to expand your audience so people are seeing your shit for the first time yeah. again or you need to do new sketches. And I think we're still yeah. in the category where we need to write wow. new Bro, sketches. Bro, since you know si- since COVID though, we have not we have done the most amount of greatest hits kinds of shows that we've ever done. Like we've done easily like, you know, out of the like nine shows we've done since COVID easily like five or six have been, have have we done nine, maybe a few more. Like I'd say 70 to 80% have been old sketch shows, like shows of us doing old sketches. And that's what you love. And why are you saying, you oh, we should do it. more? Well, and, and this I is, do this love that, but but uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, we like to play it on hard mode a little bit. You know what I mean? Like we could just, that's true. We could just take the sketches we like, turn them into little Twitter videos. Yep. <laughs> Spend July making little Twitter videos, and then just like slowly accrue followers that way. You Sam's know, philosophy recycle about all our old shit. Yeah, that's Sam's philosophy about Simple Town that we shouldn't even meet. We should all just do writing the sketches by ourselves. We, and, and just then, like pumping out Twitter videos. Wow. That's no, I, I know it's bleak, but like, I so I love Connor O'Malley. He's one of my favorite comedians. But you know, I saw his his show recently that he did at Life World and he was doing jokes at that show that I've seen him do in like 2018. Isn't that funny? I love that when I see a comedian that I know even at a show pull out a joke that I know they've been doing for like five years. Totally. And you're totally. Just like, wow. 
and they're acting like they just thought of that. Yeah. They've been doing that for five years. Yeah, like the, fir- he, the first time I saw Connor O'Malley, he did a set that was pretty identical to the set I saw him do in March. And I was like, I don't care. I don't, <laughs> care. I don't care that much. That's no funny. one here cares. And you know what? Connor O'Malley's doing great for himself. Like, he's not like, yeah, uh, every time I do a stand-up set, I'm going to write entirely new material well, but, for it. But here's the thing, though. We don't write entirely new material for all of our shows. In fact, this we used to do new material every month, and now we're down to doing new material maybe every two months. So already, like, your vision of the world, your, your, your 40-year plan of stacking the courts... And, and and making unchangeable, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, undemocratic change has already won out, and we're yeah, doing so new. Sh- we're doing new material every two months, maybe. So already that is the case. But, but secondly, Conor O'Malley's really famous, and he gets new. We get our, you know, it's like our friends. He's got a new audience shows. in there. He gets new audiences who've never seen his shit. We have to convince our friends to keep coming, and the only way to do it. Dude, All right, totally. I'll describe the Felipe de Poy method and respect well, it because I love the Felipe. I'm getting I'm scared. This is about to ruin my month. I'm getting scared. method is. Let's do let's do a, a new show every week where we write entirely new material. Sounds lit. Oh, you know what would be sick next if we did an opera? What would be Bro, bro, <laughs> would be the, you are saying nonsense. <laughs> this is pure nonsense. Not even something I suggested. Right. Not even something I suggested. He's but being like nonsense. something someone else suggested <laughs> and I humored <laughs> humored it. I was well, like I think it's funny that your group is always talking about like Oh, well, and maybe if we present the idea this way, that'll help get the members on board, as if there's, like, 50 of you guys. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, it would appeal like to the group more. Yeah, if it was a low-time commitment, high reward. Um, wow, we got Annabelle Meshke saying, it do be making me feel better about myself when people do material for years. I feel the same. I'm like, wow. Not everybody's out here just pumping out new shit all the time. People are just barely hanging on um, with their five-minute set that they've been working on for, for six years. I think you got to have a balance, but as a group, I think that we should be like, I don't know, I think we should push ourselves to innovate and come up with new stuff. We've come up with a lot of sketches that have become new... Classics. Or, new classics, like the boyfriend sketch. Quiet Dude, boyfriends. We've been doing the corporate improv sketch for like five years. I love it. It's not even relevant anymore. I love There's, it. The <laughs> idea of improv class is is it's, over. It's but fully it's over. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should retire it, but it's too good. You know, it's, it's like too good. that's our hit. Yeah. No, I mean, I respect the the thing. I mean, I remember when we first moved to New York. You know, Felipe, you were like, a, "Let's try new things out. Like, let's have student mind and like." Oh, now let's do a play. You know, now let's do a weird, a weird kind of sketch show. Uh, yeah, I was always, and I still am suggesting the weird stuff. We'll be, in, we'll be writing. I'll be like, we should do this weird thing, and then everyone's like, ah, oh, that's cool, but we should do it like on a show where we've, prep, where we're, we've decided it's gonna be weird, and like we know kind of in advance, like it's too short notice, and it's like that moment never comes because we're always writing our shows kind of like week mm. of. So no one, but it's fine. You know, we do plenty of other weird stuff. I'm not mad, but. Yeah, I think it's okay to write new shit. So, but you're stressed out about this new shit we're writing. No, I, I mean, I just, I, I think your philosophy is a good one to have. But I think, uh, sometimes I'm like, it's hard. Like there are, there's an, it's already hard enough to like try and do the thing of being a comedian, and then it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, we kind of hamstring ourselves by like sort of trying to search search out and find like 
new things that we aren't good at and have never done before <laughs> to like try and do. And I think that's a cool quality of ours. But sometimes I'm like, you know, guys, if we step back and just like kind of double down in a, a couple things that we know how to make, like, I think people would feel less stressed out and less like overworked. But and that's I, what you can do in your 30s. It's so true. <laughs> and I'll say this one last thing, dude. Do you remember when we did the New York show? the New York uh, Comedy Festival show, I was the number one proponent of doing a greatest hits hour. Do not come telling me that I was not the number one proponent of doing doing old sketches, a greatest hits hour. No, totally. Do you not remember me? Totally. Going to bat for a greatest hits hour. By the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think think when it comes to like making television, I think you have like a conservative vision about television. Mm -hmm. Conservative vision about television. (laughs) What? Yes. No. Women mm-hmm. should be women who stay at no. home and yes. do domestic things. No. Correct. And they should be the straight person in it and the Co- men make the jokes. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, we got 20 viewers, so it looks like we got new viewers. And if you're just joining us, this is Razor Man Reno. What are we talking about? We're in the middle of a fight about um, whether or not Simple Town should be doing <laughs> new sketches or some new, some old, or all old sketches. <laughs> Earlier, we, we talked about moving out of the United States. Is it hopeless? Uh, Sam says yes. Sarah says yes. I say... <laughs> We'll see. We don't know yet. Um, yeah, Felipe just got to America. Bro, I just got naturalized a couple years ago. Now you guys are all leaving? I, I left a real, so. a real struggling country coming yeah. to the center of the empire. Yeah, and you guys are like, soft. you guys are like, I don't like living in the center of the empire. I don't, I don't like sweet. that Roman legionnaires are protecting me. I don't like that all there's perfectly pebbled roads that all lead to Rome <laughs> that I can walk on. You know, I, I don't like that there's yeah. a, a regimented of fire, you know, firefighting of uh, publicly funded firefighters. Uh, I'd like to go back to one of the colonies in yeah. Carthage, you know, <laughs> or, or in the in outposts yes. of the empire. And here I'm saying, look, I was there. I was there. It was tough. <laughs> now I'm here. You can be a comedian here in the center of the That's empire. You can right. be a comedian in Rome. <laughs> you can't That's do right. that in other countries. But you can you, be a funny person in your community. <laughs> yes, it's true. You can make people laugh. In some, you know, some place that doesn't have paved roads. Without a post office. Yeah. yeah. You go to France, you can only make French people laugh. You can mm. only, you can be, you hear Gad Elmaleh? Gad Elmaleh. He's bad. He is, he <laughs> can only make French people laugh. He had to come to the United States in order to be like his hero, Jerry Seinfeld. And you want to be like Gad Elmaleh. Yeah. No, my, I'm going to end up crucified on the hills outside of Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> that will be my place in the Roman Empire. <sighs> Praxis 777 is saying, guys, you're always welcome here in Canada. We'd love to have you. Okay. Well, we were, Someone was just saying that we can't go to Canada. It's going to be too hard. We can't. After What if we trade? If we can bring a Canadian person, like I take Sarah Hennessy, I switch with Sarah, she switches for me. Yes. Yeah. But then you, you're left thinking, what does Sarah Hennessy know that I don't oh, know? She's already been in Canada. She yeah, already, that's right. Yeah, she's she like, knows. yeah, go fill my spot. It's yeah. great there. I just am waiting for the American empire to crumble so then we can get all the sick shit that you get when you no longer have to be like the policeman of the world. That's what I want because, mm. you know, be we li- have to be that the world is good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. That's why we don't have, you know, healthcare and yeah. stuff is because America's role is to have a big army. Yeah. But once China takes over, bro, it'll be, it's going to be easy living. I know. I don't care. Yeah, they can read all my... China can read all my tweets and monitor my children with little wristbands and, yeah. and you know, tell me what to, to eat and things like that. Um, but if I get, like... Uni- it's, there's universal health care 
and my the schools are free and you know you get you get a european style one month long vacation every august wow i'll be like that's great so wow. so so it's a it's a chinese government with european characteristics <laughs> yeah, i'm right. not sure that they're getting a month long european style vacation over there in china are they damn no no, I don't, but this I don't know. I don't, and I don't want to be out of pocket and speak. I don't think so, but, but I guess the idea is once you relinquish the responsibility of having to garrison the globe and like pay for that, then all the money just goes to like social services for your own citizens, mm -hmm. and then that's when we get to relax but and have who, a chill time, yeah. like like what happened in Europe. Because being a person who lived in Victorian England in the eighteen 50s, it looked 18th, ass. It, it sucked. It looked ass. It looked ass. You ever no. read? You ever read the series of unfortunate events books? Yes. You yes. do not want to be a bottle or orphan. You don't want to. You don't. And that's what we're living in right now. We're living in not the Victorian. We're living at the end of the English Empire. Mm. You know where where it's like there's a massive income inequality. There's little sooty little boys, boys running and around, girls running around in the soot. streets yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And and we have yet to have our kind of social welfare state swoop in and even out up like create a middle class, you know. And that's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, who hmm. we can't envision that world yet? Because who's going to garrison the globe? I'll, that's the question. It's up for. It's, it's up, up for. The it's world anyone's game. It's, it's anyone's, anyone's game, game at this point. Guatemala. Who's gonna garrison <laughs> <the> <laughs> Puerto Rico? <laughs> yeah. Remember when we were watching that movie about with the Brad Pitt goes to space, and there was a concept where like people, different countries, were fighting over sovereignty of different parts of the moon. Yes, yes. And then they're like traveling from one place to another, and they get like. There's a shootout There's a on shootout. a buggy, on a moon uh, buggy. In a moon buggy. And the moon, we were just laughing. Like, is, who's on that other? It's like Guatemala. It's like on a moon buggy. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, those damn Uruguayans <laughs> shooting trying, at us again. Trying to get the northern hemisphere wow. of the moon. Do you guys have like a thought that you're like, okay, so say worst case scenarios happen in every category of human life. You know, we experience catastrophic effects of climate change during our lifetime. There's like sort of a far right takeover of the United States. Um, our quality of life drops severely and inflation continues to rise. Um, yeah, the world's just not, you know, as we knew it as children. Do you have something that you're like, but at least this at least there's love <laughs> at least at least family and friendship shines through the clouds yeah i i know what your thing is it's at least that they're attaching like nerds to different <laughs> kinds of gummies <laughs> <laughs> and they're making new combinations of, of nerd Sour those will still be available <laughs> yes they like haven't new, said anything new candy innovation candy yeah. innovation is like an evergreen place because you can always there's an infinite number of ways to combine different kinds of candies that's you right. make together that's right to make new candies and you can mix different flavors yes. absolutely recession proof recession proof that's right. yes that's right they ate candy during the Great Depression. Um, and I've been thinking of taking, there's an ice cream making class now available at The Social, which formerly the owners of Ample Hills, you know, long story, now they own The Social. Um, they're doing an ice cream making class. If I learn to make ice cream now and the end of the world scenario does come, that is going to be really important. You know what's tough though? It's like, because uh, in Argentina, people live in a constant state of 
of in, just upheaval. enraged, <laughs> oh. enraged. <laughs> Especially if you're a middle class person, you're enraged all the time because you feel like your country could have been something and it, it, it wasn't. And every time my dad goes, he's like, "Yeah, people are just angry all the time." Just people's seething like, "What in the, the fuck is going on with this country?" He's like, "Yeah, people are fighting. People fight in the streets." Um, like there's just like a level of wow. like animus is just like through the roof. Um, and so that's that's the country I come from, a place where everyone's always mad and complaining about it. Um, and but conversely, you, you you can almost in in the U.S. they have you know we have a feel responsibility for like the ills of the world like climate change. I think in Argentina they're just kind of like you know what it's out of my hands. Yeah, climate change is out of my hands. I'm mad that like shit's fucked up yeah. here. And what's my point? You know, yeah. people kind of people well, kind of live every day. People kind of live every day under those conditions, and there's places where people do even worse than Argentina. And you know, people kind of still laugh and say, "Yeah, there's shit that that's there's shit that's going on. There's shit that's going on." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I feel like in the United States, though, we're kind of insulated from concern. Most people are not proactively concerned about things that go on. Wait, what? I think people aren't that angry in the United States. They're kind of insulated from concern. Or you know, when you see those videos of the it's in Argentina, right, where they just recently got abortion. Yeah, they just re- they did. We did a flip. We, we did, did a flip, flip side. We did a flip side with them, and you watch those videos of the protesters, and it's like so massive and intense. Um, and then I also think of like uh, in Russia, where there's just like constant class of political dissidents, like really putting their lives on the line to like fight fascism there, and that happens all over the world. And then it seems to a lesser extent in the United States, but maybe I'm wrong. I think there's people who do that. There here. are people, but I don't think there's as much of a like a widespread culture of like active um enraged engagement against yeah, I don't know, know. the government. Every time I go to Argentina I'm surprised to see how like politics is just like shoots through the whole everything. Like yeah. it's just everyone is political like universities have like political parties that are like installed in the university and you become a part of it and like there's elections and there's just and like people are mobilized almost all of the time yeah that sort of thing um, but but sometimes I go there and I'm like fuck but like they're like on this hamster wheel because they're mobilized all the time but they're they're getting fucked in a way that they can't even control which is like they're part of the global south like they, you yeah, can do all you yeah. you can move the chess pieces you got all you want but you only got three and then america's got yeah. all of them so it's just like oh man it doesn't you can it it's it just feels a little futile like yeah it also feels like i mean i don't know how this is in argentina but there's such an intense um incarceration culture here that you know like it's just part of the status quo for protesting in france for people to throw molotov cocktails you don't go to prison for go to jail. 45 Wait, years do you? is that true I think that's if you true. Throw a Molotov cocktail in France, you don't go to prison. I think it's against the law, probably. But I, I remember when the George Floyd protests were happening, that the, what was being written was that like in Europe, there's an understanding that that's part of protest culture, it just happens all the time, and that in the United yeah, States, yeah, they fuck, they break windows all the time. Yeah, and that the police property. aren't like hunting those people down with um, you know, data mapping software and mm, shit, and like totally, <laughs> yeah, no, them. you get disappeared. The States, yeah, they really um don't allow that to happen so even just like elements like that like if you really regulate people's um rage in such an intensive way and create a culture of fear then why would why would any one person want to like put their whole life on the line to true do that true the 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 risks are too high in other countries that also must exist because there's fascism in lots of places in latin america in latin america people who uh like environmental activists get killed yeah well i had Um, read uh, i was reading about the argentinian protests for abortion rights and uh 
I read, I can't remember what the article was, but it said that like a lot of people in Latin America who are involved in politics know that like their enemies like literally want them dead. So they really feel the stakes of like what's on the line. And like in the United States, it's a little bit like, well, if I just stay in my house, you know, and just live my life, like I can just kind of be half engaged or something. But like when you know how serious it is and that like your life really is kind of entangled in this basically no matter what, um, and maybe it activates you more. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, 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 I truthfully... Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think for, uh, everyone here knows this, and I think, but I think for like black communities and marginalized communities, your life is literally yes. on the line. Yeah. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the the George Floyd, like the 2016 protesters, like a lot of them, the organizers got like disappeared or that's died right. in mysterious circumstances, you know. Yeah, that's what I meant. That is true about yeah. America. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. <coughs> but, <coughs> yeah, but there's, yeah. St- but, but my point, we're st- there's still a silver lining, which is <laughs> <laughs> <There's> two <laughs> the simple two town Simple Town shows. shows. We're releasing a new cartoon on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's um I'll say one more thing and then we could maybe talk about something more fun or something. Yeah. But like when I think about the indigenous water protectors, sure. That makes so much sense to me as something that should be happening like everywhere across the United States. Like no one in our generation who's not like a severely conservative doubts like climate change and how brutal the effects of that will be and yet we don't spend all of our time um doing anything to stop it and I don't, you know, and I don't really know. I'm just like why is that though? Why is that though? Like it's so so glaring and like un, you know you can't like go a day in your life without thinking about like what climate change is going to do um and yet we're not uh having like a national revolution against it and i don't know if it's just like our our culture it's a time period that we live in it's technology like i don't know what explains it it just seems like you know we got the sunrise movement but yeah where are they at yeah, yeah. where are they at you're not allowed to be in it when you're like not, when you turn 19 you so. can age out well, of the sunrise movement they don't they don't want old they don't want old heads in the sunrise movement. so that's <laughs> why we're not doing anything if you're kicked out of the sunrise i know i'm an old head i go on yeah. sunrise movement they're like bro you're 30 yeah that's what they say to me there <laughs> yeah well yeah. i think too like ac- climate climate activism and yeah activism around climate change is localized or like has flashpoints that yeah. are different in different countries. Like in Canada, protecting indigenous people's rights and indigenous people's rights to the land is one of the m- most effective bulwarks against like in extractive industries, like mm. the oil industry and, and logging and stuff like that. So indigenous rights in Canada are synonymous with climate change rights and, and like protecting the earth. Um, in America, I think that's like a, it's a more, it's not exactly like that one-to-one, like flashpoints around climate issues like happen in... Well, that was true about the Dakota Access Pipeline. That though. was true about the Dakota Access Pipeline, absolutely, yes. Um, but I think there's other ways in which climate change is sort of like smuggled in as a as an issue or as like a kind of underlying issue of like other, other like political flashpoints, mm. I guess, mm. is what I'm saying. Um, and if I were more smart, I'd know, I'd one. know what those name are off the top. No, I mean, I, I think, you. I think that like, uh, I remember in Providence, there was like a lot around like building, uh, natural gas infrastructure. So it was, it would, they would be like trying yes. to, trying to prevent. So <clears> they, they have, they have th- to do with like basically preventing different kinds of infrastructure that ends up having like, ends up polluting 
like uh, the the environment around neighborhoods, uh, yeah, where 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 those things are built, um, but yeah, and and convert or like or like infrastructure spending, like we need more green energy or we need more whatever. But that's that's that flashpoint. That's maybe like the more yeah uh, middle totally. class or like totally yeah. yeah. I mean they've they've been trying to do surge pricing in NYC for like four years now and surge pricing passed in 2019 what does that mean if the prices surge they that's like in uber uber (laughs) uber is doing it all the time that's right it's like yeah if there's i don't like when they do it no i don't like it in certain certain parts of the city it will be really expensive to drive a car essentially whoa why will it be expensive how are they going to make sure that it's expensive i think it's like (laughs) who's charging me i think it's through tolls and stuff like Uh, that but but then part of that is that they need all that money that they make in search pricing goes to fund public transportation. And this is a thing that got passed in 2019. It's already law, but they still haven't implemented it because there's like all these diff- it's going through all these like review boards and court processes and people have like already filed like private interests have already filed lawsuits against it that need to be reviewed before the law can be enacted. And it gets to this issue about infrastructure in the United States, which is also like a, a, a particularly point of difficulty because since like the 70s, since a lot the environmental something law got passed in the 70s, all, all infrastructure projects in America are basically ruled by civil lawsuits, like by private interests or individuals like coming to, uh, coming to the government and suing them for like, uh, a piece of infrastructure that was fa- falling or f- or falling apart or yeah. having like uh, failing to provide like a, a certain need or you know a, a, a road that's going through their backyard that they don't want going through their backyard. So like building all infrastructure in the United States is incredibly hamstrung by like these like civil lawsuits and local uh, boards that need to meet to then approve like every piece of infrastructure that's built at a massive scale. So they just redid this study where like Spain is trying to build like a high speed rail between Madrid and some like suburb, like a very like nearby. And it and it was it's costs like two hundred million dollars per like mile of track. And in the United States it's like three quarters of a billion dollars for every mile of Whoa. track that's mm-hmm. built in the United States because it's so expensive and time consuming and long for like for infrastructure to get built because of the way the like the legal system works. And I and it's it's very depressing. It's very depressing. It's very depressing. Yeah. Yeah. We live in a very litigious society here. Very litigious, yes. And sometimes you get a payday out of that. I haven't gotten one yet. We got a friend who got a big we got fat a, we payday. We got a friend who got a big payday. I know, I know. I'm trying to get run over by a car yeah. in a non-lethal <laughs> way so that I yeah. can yeah. kind of get get set. Yeah, it's crazy. Something yeah. I think, a little note for myself with this political engagement, I'm overly concerned about the inner lives of all the different actors in the political landscape. Like it's true, you're just like, what are they thinking? Yeah, what are they thinking? How do they actually feel? Like, you know, there's all this discourse around like, oh, the libs are just going to use the abortion being overturned as a way to raise more money for the elections and like, fuck them, which they are. But I don't think that that was like their plan. You know, I don't think they were like, oh, and then we'll just stand by, let this get overturned right, right, and yeah. use that to raise $15 <laughs> from people. <laughs> you know, that's like a crazy, I think they probably saw it happen and were like, 
ah fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, we fumbled it we yeah really we fumbled need, it yeah. fuck fuck yeah um but i think they probably weren't that deeply uh emotionally affected if they were really so engaged um I don't know. They would have done something. We would have known that Nancy Pelosi was like staying up all night fighting this. <laughs> yeah, she's um, doing her homework at night. Yeah, she's like <laughs> exactly. She's pulled an all nighter on Bro. this one. Um, but I guess yeah. So the note to myself is though, like, why do I always have to think of things in those terms? But I am really preoccupied with like, man, these people are doing such awful things. What are they do talking? What do they feel? <laughs> yeah. What are they saying to themselves and other people? And what are they chatting about when they go to lunch? Like, it's just really confusing. Yeah. I don't know. <coughs> yeah. What so are they thinking? What are they What are they thinking? <laughs> it's so yeah. Know. They're just But I shouldn't worry about that, I guess, right? Cuz they're just you know. They're just a human form that's given to a desire for power that exists within the human race, right? And it's not about the individuals right, and it's how about they structures, feel. correct? It's, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. Sam is it's saying. A, it's it's the, the institutions are anti-democratic, so any of us in Nancy Pelosi's position would act exactly the same. Mm-hmm. She's just a vessel. Bro, you see how many ice cream she got in her fridge? Yeah. You're going to give that up for what? Yeah. You're going to lose a night of sleep yeah. not eating the ice cream? Yeah. You're not. F- for what? She doesn't care. She's yeah, not I didn't see that she has a lot of ice cream in her fridge. You don't remember when this? she was on, I think, Fallon or something, and she was like, let me show you all the flavors of ice cream I have in my fridge, and then people use that to, uh, you know, as evidence of the fact that she's out of touch, the fact that she lives this, like, materially assured life. Let's see. Uh, Praxis 77 says it's been a pretty depressing week I don't even live in your country and even I'm feeling defeated this week about what happened that's right <coughs> that's why true. we're talking about it and lending so much humor yeah mm-hmm. we're adding a funny touch to it yeah <laughs> now we usually don't really talk about such serious things but it does feel like it's been a pervasive doom week so you know uh, I was about to say something which was that Oh, well, but but then the January 6th hearings are getting, we're getting so much good information that we're going to put Donald Trump in jail with. (laughs) (laughs) There was a 19-year-old girl who worked on his, she was a a staffer and she did something. This is all what kind of what I'm hearing. What did she do? I don't know, but she (laughs) did a confession or she's been working with him since she was 19 and she was confessing to something. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're gonna get him. So they're gonna. It's they're it's so funny him. when like s- stuff like this happens, and you get a look inside the bowels of like government and like each people's office, and you realize it's like every politician is like ninety years old, and then all their staffers are teenagers. <laughs> so yeah. So it's like yes. you. These are the people running our country. Are like people who just just got the right to yes. vote you know yes. like they can't even drink yet yes and then like people who don't know where they are yeah because they are so yes. old yeah yes. and then like yes. of course they're gonna break the law or fuck up or something like that like yeah. you know you bring them into a hearing and they're like you know what did you do on the day of yeah. january 6th and it was like <laughs> these are these people yeah. these are children and then like their grandparents think about your office where you work and when something goes wrong you get on the slack channel ah oh, this is fucked up oh fuck i can't wait for the day to be over i don't want to think about this shit anymore we didn't get the fucking you know we were supposed to get this done and it didn't get done and now blah 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 that's what it's like for people in government for like abortion uh Roe yes. Wade gets turned down everyone outside of government goes fuck and people in government are like ah oh, fuck it's tuesday 
It's got to be, you know, Nancy Pelosi's like, ah, fuck, I can't wait for it to be 6 p.m. I want to just get home and eat the ice cream. You know, that's how they they feel. Yeah. Yeah, they have to gamify it. Yeah, they have to put it, yeah, keep it at arm's length. Yeah. Um, The government should be run by people who are in the twilight of their 20s. People who are right in the last three years of their 20s. Yes. Because those are the people who really have the wisdom. And still the hope. Yeah, I mean, hope, you were telling me, Sarah, that you're feeling a little like... A little like, what's the point? Oh, I'm a little like, you know, you kind of, when you get to the end of the cha- a chapter or something in your life, I'm like losing the plot a little bit. I'm like, all right, what's the next, uh, what's the next level target? I need some new, uh, like, you know, what am I oh, going yeah. for? I also feel like, I can't remember if we talked about this in the podcast before, but it feels like the older you get, you got, you need to, you need to eat more to be satisfied and like when you're in your like, are you saying eating in a literal sense or eating in a <laughs> metaphorical sense? In a metaphorical sense. Okay. I think people of all ages, you start eating approximately the same amount of food. You know, <laughs> once you're not a child. Yeah. <laughs> so in a metaphorical sense, like in your early twenties, success, you can be so easily satisfied with just like, oh, my friends and peers really like my work, and like I don't even have to make any money off of it, and I can kind of like live in a cheap apartment and I'm just like out here and then yeah. you get a little older and you're like oh but I want recognition on the slightly higher level or right. I want to make money or I need to do a feature film or you know the goals just keep getting bigger and bigger and, and you need more to feel the same um, level of satisfaction or something well I, t- I t- told you that I had this dream prophetic dream where I had a, a baby I mean this is the That's classic right. thing for a person <laughs> in their late 20s to say but it did happen yeah. I had a baby and it was, had a baby girl and I was hugging her and I loved her so much oh. and I thought oh. and I woke up feeling so happy feeling like wow. I love this baby girl that I have now she's my baby and I woke up and I thought you know I'm, I haven't had a baby so my dream was telling me about at an emotion that I've never had it was not digging back into my memories to tell me about an emotion I've had. It was creating a new feeling that I will someday have. It was a vision. Yeah. yeah it's and a, there's then, a golden gate. And it really did make me think, you know, and, and now a couple, two weeks have gone by, the feeling has faded. Um, right. Or, I mean, it's like, I don't remember it as much. Like, it's kind of a faint memory, but I think that at that moment I thought, Oh yeah, that's the, that's what's cool about. It. That's the point, mm-hmm. you know, cause, cause people, you know, people like me are always like, Oh, it's you know, having a, core. having a baby, that's going to be great. Sure. In the abstract. But then I had the dream and I was like, no, it's, uh, it's like in actually incredible. Flesh. Yeah. And, um, and then I was also thinking, you know, you know, uh, your body creates endorphins and all sorts of like neurotransmitters. And I was depressed at the time when I had this dream, still depressed, but I was depressed, more depressed then. And I thought, Oh my, my brain was just like, at like six in the morning or five in the morning, whenever I had the stream, they were like, my brain was like, let's pump up the serotonin the whole way up. Yeah. And then my, and then the, the dream part of my brain was like, let's invent this story about a baby. But really what yeah. my brain was doing was like, I need, I need serotonin Feel to go good. up. Yeah. And then the dream was like, let's attach it to this thing about a baby. Hmm. And that's interesting because usually the dads don't really feel that strongly. Is that true? Having a baby is more for the mom and the dad's kind of like, oh, that makes you happy, babe. It's yeah. true. They're like, I want to watch the game. Right. Yeah, I want to watch, watch the, the game. I want to watch but the game. They dream about getting promotions. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting that they, you had that. They come into the they come into the delivery room wearing a suit and on their phone. Yeah. And they're that's like, female sell, behavior. Sell, sell, sell. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, totally though. So that, so you're, you're saying like, what's the next chapter? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I kind of need something like that. I either got to have a baby or fall in love or become like super rich. Yes. And get a <laughs> exactly. lot of success. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I'm saying that and I don't even know really exactly what I mean because I'm like, 
I don't feel personally determined to get really rich, but I just see why people log into that as being a good goal because it's really um, the nation is built for that to be the mission that you're on. It's like get rich, and it's such an easy. Um, as long as you are always making more money, you can always be like, well, at least I made a bunch more fucking money. Yeah. You know? some, it's like yeah. something's going up. There's a line going up in my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And no one can take that away unless they take it. Yeah. I wonder what that would be like. I personally don't, in spite of the fact that we're talking about success and stuff, what, what are you guys looking at? Just some chat. Felipe's trans. Money can be your baby. Yes. My life is like Beckett. I have no chapters. That was Calvin. Um, I was, uh, what do you call it? Imagine, I don't feel like I was ever given the value system that having more money was like a way to affirm my my worth or life. Mm. But I think that some people really do have that. Yes. They're like, the more money I make, the better everything's going. Yes. I think I had this idea when I was young about going to an Ivy League school, being in a like professional class where your job wins you a lot of respect, and then also making a bunch of money and being part of a... So you did think world. that having I a bunch of money that. was going to be part of I your... I did think that. Part of your value And not system. because of my parents. Mom and dad, if you ever listen to this, they did not instill that in me. Um, I think because of watching TV. And then I had a cousin who really believed in that. It was really influential in my life. And then the what happened? And now you're wearing a t-shirt with paint on it. <laughs> that I bought with the paint on it you, for $3. You had, <laughs> nice. a little, you had a little cousin that you were playing with as a kid. And then he turned to you and he was like... You need to make money. <laughs> Please wait, make some money. Yep. Not <laughs> <laughs> really stuck in your head that as a, really as a stuck child. In my head. <laughs> he had this kind of idea. I don't think my cousin would ever listen to the podcast, but like that um, if you're really smart and like, then you're a really special person. And if you're a really special person, then you can get rich because it's kind of like a nation of average people and like smart people will be able to like rise up you know and so that's what you thought i guess i i thought of it as just like oh if i really determine myself to do this i can make a lot of money and then i can just be a rich person and i could just see a lot of this richness culture in the united states and i was like i can be a part of that it's right there mm. so i really did feel that yeah yeah so. well it would be you know i want to go to argentina but i haven't had a job in like a minute so i've been just been eating into my savings Mm. and uh and i thought you know going to argentina is expensive and a friend of mine said you know you'll get the money back but the time that doesn't come back you should go Whoa. but i was talking to my dad i said you know i'm eating in my city he's like well maybe you don't go to argentina for a little bit but i'm like which which philosophy do i follow yeah i, I should go but it is expensive i don't know i've been feeling like some kind of homesickness too i w uh, was hearing someone singing the adams family theme song um, the other day and my mom really liked the Addams Family and I was like oh you ever seen Addams Family Values that movie is yeah, really it's funny it's you have you seen it Sam no it's a really funny comedy movie we should watch it Addams Family Values it's the second one I think huh alright I'm curious it's really funny it's funny it's good yeah. yeah Um. yeah so anyway I need a new friend group to try to become friends with that's the kind of goal that I'm talking about I'm and not about money you and after me, COVID we were kind of on that jam we were kind of on that jam yeah now you guys are all about rave culture and going to raves and how come you didn't <laughs> you how come you out. didn't jump on the bandwagon <laughs> you could come if you want I guess like I should try but I have this vision of myself at these like big epic dance parties that you guys go to just getting there and being like like getting really hyped, be like, "Yo, this is gonna be so sick! This is gonna be so sick!" Like, let's get there, let's get there, get in the car, and the show you gonna be like, "Okay, 
Um, so what do we? Um, I guess I'll get a drink. Yeah, but if you like to dance, that's then the you move. just dance. You just get then drunk you and you dance. dance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean sometimes you go in the the even the the what's what's it called? Jesus, the, it's not good for dancing there. Um, even when you go to the club, but you, I think you have to have a a really really l- low expectation about what's gonna happen, <laughs> and then also be really down. To just chill and hang around yeah. and see what happens. Well, you have to be animated by the spirit of it, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's something you can't control. It just enters your body or it doesn't. Well, you have a different relationship to hanging out with a lot of people and crowds and, mm. right? I guess so. I feel like sometimes you're really on, but sometimes you're sometimes really I off. I really don't want to do it. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. A new friend group. Well, soon. We'll f- yeah, soon. Mm. We'll get some new people graduating from college and moving here any day now <laughs> yeah it's the summertime <laughs> welcome to brooklyn <laughs> it's true soon something yeah. will dislodge in a sort of new moment we gotta meet these new nyu class of 2022 so Where true yeah. yeah i want to make friends with some 22 year olds yeah what about the fact that uh raisin man has been doing the year of guests raisin man's doing the year of guests that's huge uh yeah but even at like life world not that i the life world exists to just like book celebrities or anything but i've just been kind of like what's the next cool thing that we can like program that's sort of like exciting for us yeah and i haven't really thought of anything quite yet you gotta have yeah vision like what's yeah. the vision of a person you can invest in or totally. thing you can invest i emailed in. stavros to see if he would do an abortion fundraiser show and what do he say uh he hasn't answered yet i did it like yesterday um so we'll see i think that would be funny yeah because come town's over so it's a goodbye to come town i know show uh, yeah. that talk about something that makes you think about aging come town's over that made me sad because uh, they were big they were big for me my whole four or five years here in the city and now it's the like first 12 years of your the life first 12 <laughs> years of my life <laughs> and now it's over and you've been going back listening to old episodes i never quite got because i haven't ever listened to like a full episode of come town what's the idea they're just riffing they're just riffing Cool. And there's like a whole dynamic. I could explain it, but it would sound so stupid Nick's and corny if I was one. like, Nick's the one who does these kinds of jokes. And then they're always making fun of Adam. It's just like they have they have like a little a little dynamic and they do it in every episode. And there's a bunch of little things about it that are funny. It's a good podcast. Word. Yeah. But but it's like, oh, yeah. That's over. Yeah. I'm okay with that. No, it's true. Things have to end. Yeah. Things have to end. Sarah, you should have a YouTuber convention at Life World. That's a good idea. Or like a TikTok convention where you invite a bunch of like online people. That's a good idea. I had the thought yesterday, Leo suggested this, that we do a DSA fundraiser. Um, I really did feel, I mean, corny, everyone, this happens to everybody. But while I was watching the speech being given by Sammy last night and the other people who worked on uh, his campaign, I was like, wow, all of these people are just like, indie short film producers but instead of producing a short indie film they produce this campaign yeah and it's kind of seems not dissimilar like i'm sure you got to ask a lot of people favors to come out and like canvas or like do different things give money give donations of food and stuff um and i just thought i could probably apply exactly the skills that i have to this though i don't like know you know strategies and a lot of things about politics um but i just wondered like oh if i just kind of i can see how people 
get politically activated and then that can be your sort of like life animating impulse is like mm-hmm. working on a campaign you know beyond even just thinking about like oh i'm working for human rights oh i'm working for housing justice it's like i'm i'm a political uh operative right that's my scene that's, <laughs> that's the scene, scene i'm trying to be a part of yeah oh this campaign they lost okay but you know we're just on to the next campaign and we're gonna win big next year well and you know the race. i always think about that this sort of like uh, downtown Catholic thing where like all these young people are yeah. becoming Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was thinking about how a lot of those people were Bernie people before. And I was like, oh, you know, it's interesting because when Bernie was around, I think for, for, for young people who like spend a lot of time online or feel like this kind of alienation, it was like Bernie was a way to be like, oh, I care about something that's bigger than me. I, ca- I like yeah, have yeah, a yeah. transcendental kind of thing where I'm, I'm living my life for something that is meaningful and, and bigger. And then he loses. And then a lot of people, for, for a lot of these young people, they're like, oh, what if that thing was being Catholic? Yeah. What <laughs> if I could care about God or something? Yeah. Ultimately, I think that like, that's not going to go anywhere, but, but no. that's, a th- it's like, yeah. How do I, yeah. How do I plug into something that's like meaningful? That's bigger. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of options. And that's kind of what you're saying. That's what like, I'm saying. What's that's the what next meaningful I thing for me? I want to see results. Yeah. You believe in God? Harder to see results. It's true, and ultimately, it's like how's that? Di- I don't know. To me, it's like how's that different from believing in nothing, <laughs> or not believing in nothing, but like how's that different from individualism? Right? You're yeah. like still. It's all about you, and it's all about your like internal world and, and your experience of the divine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember when that little bird landed on Bernie's uh, podium? Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Unbelievable! A little bird. Really? In I don't a remember stadium. that. You don't remember that? That's so cool, <laughs> though. What did wow, he do? Stadium. You literally don't remember this, Sam? I no. think he's doing a bit. No, I'm not doing a bit. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. It's pretty funny. It's a funny it's bit. Really yeah. funny. He doesn't remember this bird. I don't doing remember. A bit. Did he talk to the bird? He smiled at it. He's given a speech in a loud-ass stadium, the last place you think a bird is going to be I know. finding respite. You ever in an airport and you see birds flying around? Yeah, You're like, how did this guy get here? Yeah, yeah. What the hell? Bro, last night, I, got my, I have my, my mosquito net. Two times at night I woke up. There were mosquitoes, like, b- scratching myself. And the second time, because I, like, wake up, and then it fully gets me out of my REM. I'm looking around, where's this mosquito? I got to kill it. I don't know how many times mosquitoes feed in the night. I think one, but sometimes I keep getting bit. So I'm like, let me, let me kill all the mosquitoes. Second time I wake up in the night, two mosquitoes chilling on the headboard. And what I, and, the fuck? And I was, <laughs> I was telling you guys, it was the way they were chilling. I imagined that they were friends and that they were both looking at me. And I think they had both fed on me, and I killed them together. Wow. Oh. The way you feel about summarizing Brad Trammell videos is the way I feel about <laughs> you talking about your mosquito problem. You saved it at the end a little bit because that imagining them fr- as friends was kind of cu- a cute it little is anecdote. Funny, yeah. Yeah. It is funny. But talking about mosqui- your mosquito problem at night to me feels like <laughs> an, a like no fly wow. zone like wow. topic for the podcast wow. Wow. i think it's funny because <laughs> like funny. you also had mosquitoes in your old room right i just have mosquitoes they follow me and around they're not in your room and they're no. not in Will's well, they, room. It's because it's like a completely psychosomatic <laughs> invention <laughs> of Felipe's No, no <laughs> bro i li- this isn't right. it's not fake i no, wake up i got bumps fake. and i'm scratching and they're itchy it's fake it's fake. No, it's not <laughs> fake. They're real. I see the mosquitoes with my eyes. I see the bumps with my eyes. They looked like they were friends. Yeah. Bro, you could be living in Antarctica. <laughs> You're going to have that mosquito net <laughs> on your bed. So true. Well, now that, now that Antarctica is melting, you know, uh, right, I, wouldn't, right, I wouldn't be surprised. <coughs> 
Okay, cool. it says, I was really involved in the campaign campaign scene a couple years ago and was really disillusioned by their lukewarm reactions to Biden and Adam's word. We don't have an AC. And then so. we got this question. Don't you guys have an AC? No. no. We have a fan in the window, <laughs> which does something. There's an idea to that. <laughs> yeah. It circulates the air. But it doesn't way. really because Will's plants block it, <laughs> which is another little pet peeve. How do you live mine. without an AC? It's a little tough. I wake up with a headache in the morning. (laughs) 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 Mosquitoes, a thousand mosquitoes buzzing around the room and sweat sweat dripping from your body. Honestly, it's kind of good that I haven't, that I don't have a, a person that's sleeping in my bed, you know? Well, they, they could wouldn't not, be able they to. Would, yeah. They would die. Yeah, you're living in like you're the middle yeah. of the of the Congo, basically. <laughs> you know, it's like a hundred. I'm drinking quinine. You're like a Vietnam POW. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you have to stay in your room all day. Coffee morning skin says, but presumably between y'all, you make enough comedy vid capital to buy one single used air conditioner. It's not about money. It's just that none of us has done it. And in fact, my parents have a bunch of ACs that they're going to bring, but they just haven't done it. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I do think that there's an air conditioner in my apartment, and uh, if it were up to me, I it would never, I would never have gotten it. I would never put it in the window, just because I would never have done that. I would never have gotten around to it. It would be always on the. No, that's exactly right. It's it's just laziness. It's just laziness. And every night I go, you know what? I can just put the fan and I can starfish. You know, because you do the starfish position. Yes. So that you're as cool. (laughs) That's as cool as possible. As cool as a person can get. Um, and then you're like, I'll just wake up with a headache. I'll just keep water next to my bed, and I have a a, this Benadryl spread that I put on my body when I get bit. That's fucked up. Every yeah, I wake up in the middle of the night and I have this thing called Wall Drill, which is like this the Walmart Benadryl spread, and then or Walgreens Benadryl spread. I just like it's an unguent, and I spread it on the on the bite. And when Felipe wakes up, then I go into his room and I interrogate him in a forage, foreign language yeah. for a couple hours. <laughs> cane me in the yeah. back. <laughs> in the back. Yeah. We got five more minutes. Oh, we saw Memoria. Oh, shit. Me too. You saw oh. Memoria? Yeah. I saw it in theaters. Like, you have to. Absolutely. You cannot watch that movie on a computer screen. Too boring. You, you don't have the link. You close it off. I don't have the Sarah link. Sarah Wilson would be like, I want to be friends with that director. You know, <laughs> get the link. I like, wonder I what the inner life of that director is <laughs> yeah, like. Exactly. What if a Pichapong Pong asked you to produce one of his movies and then you're trying to get a flight out to uh, Med- Medellin? Oh, Medellin, yeah. Jeez, I'd get it done for sure. And you're like, who's going to be the guy that's peeling fish <laughs> who goes to sleep and it looks like he dies mm, i'd get Rajat. sarah can you can we get one of your yeah. friends you're like can claro kane be the woman who hears <laughs> the bumping noise would that any of your yeah. friends be willing to do this for free yeah. totally <laughs> yeah what'd you think i thought first 30 minutes of it i was like this is gonna. This is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> this will not do. This isn't gonna work. This isn't gonna work with me watching this boring ass movie. Really, that the first opening long goes. shot where the woman's just like laying in bed. I think I already have. That's a so funny because I did not think that was that long of a shot. Oh my you god! You keep describing oh. it like it was so long. It was not that How long. How long was yeah, it? <laughs> to me, I was like, 
Jesus Christ, how long have I been in this theater? This has been <laughs> on the screen for... I have no idea. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I got stressed. I always get stressed at the beginning of a movie. I find it so hard to like settle in to being like, and we're watching the movie. I can't remember who said this to me that like maybe... Oh, Johnny Froman. That maybe that's why they put trailers at the beginning of a movie because you have to go from just like being a person in the world who's like, what's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? To being like, okay, now watch the movie. Well, can I, can I tell my story about seeing Memorial? Because I've always thought that what's in like opening credit sequences a good opening credit sequence gets you in the mindset so you're ready to watch the movie it, it it brings you into the pace of the movie and when we went well so memoria begins with these like silent images there's a message from the director that says enjoy the silence and then there's silent images that play before We're talking about memoria, memoria. um so they start before the movie silent images and the movie is about sound so there's like a kind of thematic resonance we're sitting behind this man and as the silent images are playing, every time someone makes a noise, the man's head turns to look at them. And I realized this man is tweaked out. This man doesn't like that people are talking during the moment where you're supposed to be silent. And he was stressing me out because I was like, well, you know, you're out in public, you're in a theater, you have to get used to people making noise. That's just part of the social contract. But he keeps looking and I'm now enjoying the second movie of this man slowly boiling. Yeah. You know, and it was making me stressed. And then suddenly these nine elderly women come in. Oh no. Having fully uninterrupted classes in our society. Women. Yes. Old armed to the brim with popcorn and soda and stuff like that. Just like here to watch. These are it's a gal's night out and they're there to watch a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, what, where should we sit? Oh yeah. The, the movie, I believe it's in Spanish with subtitles. Yeah. How about here? Like the loudest voices I've ever heard. (laughs) They sit down, start having a full conversation and the guy's just like looking, 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 looking and I'm grabbing Sam's arm. Like I really am empathetic to anxiety like that. So I was like just getting so nervous. I was like, and I was like laughing. It was wow, you should laugh. not be sh- sharing your empathy with this man. <laughs> no, no, no. I was mad at him. I wanted to uh, tap him on the shoulder and be like, like sir, you're the problem. I know you don't like people talking, but you are making my experience of this horribly stressful. Yeah. And I'm like, Japong would be with the women's side. Yeah. Totally. I, I kind of think it's like, a Pichapong knew that people were going to be still coming into the theater. He knew. He knew. He, knew how, he knows how the Lincoln Center goes. <laughs> yeah. It's an old audience. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's on them. And then he was like, he was like, excuse me, the movie has started. And he, uh, the movie has started. And then someone else in a different part of the theater was like, well, if it started, then it started early. <laughs> yeah, they started yeah, fighting yeah, with him. Suddenly, there was like get this room of faceless people like talking to each other. You couldn't tell who was talking or where. Wow. People just awesome. chiming in. It was a total, awesome. a whole social event happening right before the start that's of this film. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, he wow. and he was and he said, and I knew he would say it when he said it. I I was like, I knew he would say it. He was like, there was a message at the beginning that said, enjoy this silence. <laughs> From the director. There was a message at the beginning. Can you imagine be- yeah. having to be someone that's like that? And oh. then yeah, not only that, awful. but then when the lights went down and the movie began, people were still coming in and using their phones as a light to like look through. And he looked at every single one of them, just like turn his head 180 degrees. I was like, bro, chill out. You got to relax. Totally. Totally. We're you, here to have fun. Time Warp says, we should have said, why are you trying to silence women? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That would have been funny. That would have been funny. Yeah. So then the movie starts. Slow. slowest thing slowest thing ever i got scared i said i'm not gonna be able to pay attention to this i'm not taking in any of this information i kept like forgetting where i was kind of just wait you got scared that it was gonna be boring i got scared it was gonna be too boring and it was gonna go on forever 
Um, I think that's the kind of the point of his movies, though. I think uh, he wants you to kind of zone out. Okay. I think well, he's written about okay, that. Okay, then I actually enjoyed it more than most people. I zoned the fuck out, but not at the yeah. beginning. The beginning, I was locked and loaded, ready to pay I'm attention. never locked and loaded. Any movie I'm watching, I'm like, there better not be any important information in the first 10 because I'm still processing my day and settling. I'm kind of, I've been similar to you recently where I've been a skittish movie watcher and I felt like every important piece of information should be said like two or three times by characters throughout <laughs> the movie because otherwise yes. I will not understand yes, the movie. Yes, 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 totally. Um, yes, and then, you know, actually when the movie ended, I was shocked that it was over. I didn't feel like it was ultimately that long. I thought it was just getting into it because finally people were fucking talking for once. For real? Yeah. yeah, I thought it went for like... 15 more minutes than it needed to. There's a crazy wow. thing that happens towards the end. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, there's something crazy. And I thought it was going to end there and then it kept going and I was like, bro, just end it after the crazy thing. Yeah, since it basically doesn't even matter. The whole movie's just like, wait, what? Wait, yeah. what? You don't have to end it. Leave me wondering. Yeah. No, it's good. I like the noise um, and I like the guy, the strange guy that she meets who's Hernan. cleaning the fish. Yeah. I didn't realize that the guy at the end has the same name as yes. the guy at the beginning. Yes, I did realize that. I guess I, I was paying attention. See, I wasn't. I did that went over my head. Yeah. I if there they don't test this during the SATs, but if there was a like a movie comprehension mm. exam, I would score very highly on it. I would score very low. You would score very low. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. But I hmm I think I need to watch movies a few times. I think that I do have a little like movie ADD. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't stop you from having takes though. <laughs> and are my takes ever wrong, Sam? <laughs> no, that's true. They're pretty bulletproof. See? They're, They're pretty, pretty much bulletproof. bulletproof. I like, there's a line that, I um, can't remember what Tilda Swinton says to set it up, but something like um, asking him about stories, and he just shrugs, and he's like, there's already so many stories. A stone is a story. He holds up a stone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that that was funny. I don't even remember. I, when people say that, I go, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to hear about stories inside of movies or or or, yeah. or plays or I novels that was or funny. I wanted like to screen cap that because that was so funny. And it's the first time I've been moved by an impulse to screen cap something. And then I go home. You can't screen. Trying to screen cap. I was it trying all. to screen cap it in the theater. <laughs> I go home. I look up Memoria streaming. That's when the other shoe drops. It's not streaming, and it never will be. It's and only playing at one city it. at a time. It's playing at one seat at a time for the rest of human history. Wait, it's never gonna be VOD. I didn't know that going in. It's never gonna be on DVD. How do you know it's, it's never, never gonna, gonna be on, on Blu-ray? Because that's what they know? decided. That's the distribution. They said they're never gonna be on. It's DVD? Never gonna be on streaming. It's always gonna be in theater. That's wow. what they want. So that's kind of cool. If they and give Sarah, up, cool. you also at the end of the movie, you thought they were. It was just at the beginning of the movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm at the end of the movie. Yeah. When you when they when the movie ended, you were like, "Oh, we're just getting into it." Yes, that's what I thought. So I was just you just you just went in with a complete tabula rasa, blank slate, <laughs> <of laughs> totally a naive mind. No, I haven't <laughs> even seen the trailer. Is, this movie's streaming everywhere, and I've been watching it for three hours, but it's actually just the first. Totally, <laughs> totally. I went in, and I do this a lot with movies because I'm not a big. I, I keep saying this, and then being worried that someone who might hire me to produce their narrative feature will hear and be like, "Oh, she's not really into narrative film." I'm not a big narrative film head. A lot of times, I, I go to a movie only because someone invites me, and I do no research before I go. Don't even watch the trailer. I'm about to see the Elvis movie. That's all I know about it. Uh, it's an Elvis. You're movie. gonna go see it? Yep, me and Alex are gonna I'm see the Elvis movie. I'm not super interested in. What the fuck? <laughs> Laura has a file? All right, that's what's up. Laura, do you feel good about that? Even though that's not what they want you to we'll, have? We'll see once once tax <laughs> day comes around. Once of, rent once yeah. once rent comes due. Let's see if a Pichabon can stick to his 
crazy yeah. principles. Yeah. yeah, but it is funny. I mean, it's a funny distribution strategy because I feel like different groups of people in my life just keep suddenly being like, oh, I saw Memoria. And then I'm like, oh, it's playing, it's playing again in New York because it's just different waves of people so getting to see it. So it's going to forever be playing in different theaters? That's their plan. So eventually they'll get to have to play it at Life World because they're going to run out of places. <laughs> I think that's really cool. When, yeah. we, when I talked to Will about it, you know, you say that your comprehension was high, Sam. Will understood every single part of it. He decoded the entire movie. Wait for, for me. what movie? Memoria. He saw. He decoded it. Well, because we we <laughs> came out of the theater. We came out of the theater and we said that movie resists interpretation. There are some parts of it which are impossible to interpret. I talked to Will. He interpreted every single thing that I was confused about. No, but he interpreted man. the little machine that that is in Hernan's house that spins with a no, with a little man. like. Uh, Blades. He interpreted every part of it. He interpreted. Uh, it's because he's always reading. It's true. I got the. I. That's true. I'll give him points for that. But you have to be careful sometimes because I talked to him about the film. Uh huh. Maybe before he talked to you about it, and it, he may have passed off conclusions I had made about <laughs> it. To, oh, as his own, I see. I which see. Which is a dangerous yeah. thing that friends that's can right. do. You no, know? I see. That's I see. Right. Like you were doing the other day when you were telling Carly my conclusions about the yeah, your great, your John Early take. Your great take about how Kate, Kate Berlin and John Early have good chemistry. <laughs> no, no, no. It was yeah. way deeper than that. I gave Sam a really fire take about the Kate and John special, and then he reduced no. it to its stupidest. Did they have good chemistry? And well, then. And then you were grossing me about it when I was drunk at, you know, 12 Damn. and feeling tired. We're finally getting into something here. Yeah, I know. And you were saying something in the chat that I didn't know and that I need to go back to a bunch of people and say, I didn't know what I was talking about, I guess. Laura says, it's Neon's U.S. distribution strategy. That must be the film distributor. It's streaming in Europe. What the fuck? And shit. It's not the director's intention or whatever. It's just Neon's marketing strategy. You know what? And they're right. Because... No. These these American idiots would not go to street. Like if you put it in streaming, it would waste server space. You're not going to get people watching VOD in America and Europe. Different kind of audience. They get on VOD and they watch Henneke. They get on VOD and they watch. That's right. Uh, Eisenstein. But wow. in America, you cannot get someone to stream. It's on Peacock. anything but Marvel. <laughs> yeah. It's on the fr- the lo- the front page of Peacock. Yeah. Go to the website. <laughs> wow. Rather than a traditional platform release in multiple theaters, the film will be rolled out on a deliberate and methodical approach, moving from city to city, theater to theater, week by week, playing in front of only one solitary audience at any given time, which is kind of amazing. That is very cool. Yeah. That makes it kind of magic. The idea is to frame Memoria as a kind of never-ending moving image art exhibit. Oh, cool. Hmm. I don't like this. I like this idea as a kind of never-ending blank, fill in the blank, but I don't like moving image art exhibit. Yeah, that doesn't really... That doesn't... No one cares <laughs> They should just call that. it a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, a movie. Is it going to play in, you know, cities like Tallahassee and Des Moines? That's the question. Because it's just going to further separate the American public. Akron, Ohio. Peoria, yeah. They need to send it to El Paso. They need to send it to Iowa. They mm-hmm. need to stream it. The film will only play in theaters, and it will not become available on DVD on-demand or streaming platforms. Man, I was excited to buy it on DVD. I know. I, yep. I know. When I was watching, I was like, I can't wait for the DVD to come out so I can buy the DVD. DVD. <laughs> um, what's your take on John <laughs> Early and, and Kate Bro, wa- watch the Memorial DVD menu go crazy, though. Yo. <laughs> it's silent, Yo. but there's like a noise every once in a while. Yo, who would watch every Simple Time video released on Twitch stream once, so just a regular watch through, and then once a director's commentary watch through? Who would watch that? Wait, what? 
Who would watch? <laughs> Listen. Who would watch? <laughs> if, if Simpletown released every video by Twitch streaming it without commentary and then showing it again right after with everybody in the group commenting, wouldn't you watch that? Yeah, who would that watch would that? Who would watch that? Say. Um, what's your take on Kate and John and then we can log off? Well, I mean, Sam did kind of lay me bare because when you break it <laughs> when you break it down into its component parts it really just is that they're friends but i was just trying to say <laughs> that there it's kind of an ineffable quality but sometimes sketch has a kind of level one feeling it's like there's something like obvious about it but there was a real level three feeling with the john and kate and mind you this is also to sam's point i only watched the last half of it i didn't watch the first half because the damn will he's so out of pocket <laughs> i know <laughs> Shit. i know so no but pocket. i'm saying something positive about the sketches i did at see. you with like a collegiate thesis on <laughs> what this yeah. means yeah. just that like their kindergarten thesis more like watch, yeah, more watch like and it. listen watch and listen <laughs> yeah, that's there it. was something sophisticated about the sketches that comes from the fact that they're friends and that they riff together and that i think you can tell that as friends their riffs are really like level three there you know because there's friends who riff stupid things but then there's friends who riff things that are like filled with like layers of irony and like they're like and it felt like you were dropped into like that it felt like it <laughs> dropped into the world of their riffs with very little explanation you're supposed to understand mm. the irony for instance in the sketch where i thought the, the sketch where kate is attracted to john and she's like sexually harassing him felt like that like there's no explain it's not a sketch like on comedy central where they're like here's the premise and you really have to see that uh, John is like gay and that this is a silly situation. It's a school for supervillains children. Yeah, exactly. It was just like you're dropped in and she starts doing the bit and you can imagine them doing that bit alone with each other and that they would think it was really funny for like this absurdity of the context and it feels like you're dropped into that kind of level three riffing mm. in some of the And when Felipe says dropped in, what he means is that's the point at which he dropped in to watch <laughs> the, the special because that's when he walked out of his room and that was the first sketch he saw. That's no, he, I saw when, the sketch where there's the know, power outlet. And when he doesn't know is that it's set up in the beginning of the special explicitly that John Early and Kate Bland are comedians who are friends and it's established in another sketch called POV which is like a uh, point of point like, of view yeah but it stands for something <laughs> else in the thing where they get that like daily television host <laughs> Sam to like POV stands for <laughs> to interview them about like a fake career that they had and a fake falling out that they had but the meta joke of it is that like oh this sort of, sort of tracks with their literal biography biography of John Early and Kate Berlink that they're like this comedy duo everyone knows and loves them they've made some stuff together but they haven't made anything in a while and that's like baked into the to the to the special at the beginning so of the So you're saying there is setup you're not just dropped into a context you're meant to understand. Exactly. Exactly. That wow. you're like you get that these are collaborators who have worked together for a long time. Yeah, but that's that to me isn't to me, the key is still the sophistication of the premises. Like, I felt and like the there's something subtle. They, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, what, if what you're saying is like, oh, what's great is that they've built up a way of riffing with each other over years and years that involves, like, subtlety of performance and a way of, like, working off of each other and making choices against each other's own performances that are, like, really good and quick 
and artisanally baked into how their friendship actually works, I would totally agree with you. Okay. But he agrees with me. I think that what that's Done. saying is that they have good yeah. chemistry together, which I I think I agree. Yeah, no, it's true. That's why I said Sam leaves me bare. When you strip down what I'm saying into its component parts, it's a very simple point. But I just felt simple like, yet profound. I just felt like there was something level three happening in the premises. So I'll have to watch and decide <laughs> whether it's level whether. one or level three. That's right. And big shout out to Ed Malone, who's in the special. Yes. Uh, Huge shout! Friend of the pod, friend of the pod, Ed Malone. He did it. He's in the special. Yeah. All right. I think we're good. Yep. And Mr. Pants is on America's Got Talent. <laughs> Let's not <laughs> even explain what that means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Raising Man Arena.